Welcome back to HR from Happy Valley. This is Team Herd. I'm Joshua Doe. I'm from New Hope, Pennsylvania in Bucks County, and I'm currently a senior in hospitality management, and I hope to go into the restaurant industry after I graduate. I'm, I'm J.D. Demling. I'm from Havertown, Pennsylvania, which is Delaware County, and uh, I'm a junior in hospitality management, and I hope to be working in or around a golf course for the rest of my life. Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Barnes. I am a senior from Buffalo, New York, and I'm a PGM major. Out of school, I'm moving down to Nashville to complete one of my last internships and hoping to find another job in golf after that. It's kind of interesting that both of you, we're all different. Well, me and JD are the same major, but you two are kind of closer because you know, yeah. you're both golf related. Yeah, uh, to be honest, if I had to start college over, I think I'd be PGM too, but. Are you 12 <laughs> handicap though? Uh, no. <laughs> so you can't. So it's, uh, it's been fun so far. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got a little bit of time left, but yeah, I'm working on, work on it. <laughs> but once it starts getting warm out, you know. Yeah. That'll ever come. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here's the buzz um, from the desk uh, of something to watch out for. I read an article from the Wall Street Journal about how we can keep the job search moving forward as like during COVID, we had a lot of people kind of switching jobs around and it's, we're kind of coined the term, the great relocation where people are moving all around the country trying to figure out where they're the happiest and where they can find jobs to work for, especially as we're kind of moving towards uh, remote jobs now, since we can do everything over Zoom for the most part. Um, unemployment rates spiked since March 2020. But now most of these jobs are available again. And as this is as more jobs are becoming available again, many are having trouble finding new positions. And now, especially with technology over Zoom, LinkedIn, and even like Indeed and Glassdoor, we can find jobs all around the world that we're kind of qualified for. And it's really interesting to kind of see how many more people are applying to the same job. And what we're trying to figure out at this time right now is how do you stick out to the to those companies and in your interviews? So what companies are mostly looking for is for persistence and people who are kind of sticking out like just personality-wise, not exactly just on the resume because they're getting thousands of resumes that look exactly the same for the most part. Did you read anything interesting, Dan? Yeah, so um, from the desk I'm kind of going to uh, present from is here is something that's important, especially for us in the future as we're joining the job market. So the title of the article I found is Who's Quitting Their Jobs? New data shows some workers are more likely than others. This is by Catherine Drill of the Wall Street Journal. So what this article looks at is kind of what happened in our job market the past year. It kind of highlights on the points that 4.4 million jobs that 4.4 million people resigned from their jobs last September, which is a brand new high in the United States. It has to do with COVID, mostly has to do with COVID, but there's all the other reasons why people are looking for new position and a new role to kind of fill. So the article then kind of goes on to the point talking about how a lot of, you know, hospitality positions, people are leaving to look for something else to do. But that's not also the whole story either, because you also find information that about how like 63% of female middle managers 
are looking to exit their job also. This is a something that's kind of a trend across the board. It's kind of interesting because you can kind of see in a lot of restaurants and other industries right now where you go in and they're like so short staffed. Mm-hmm. They like socks, everything's a lot slower and more expensive mm-hmm. now because in order to keep people on, we have to kind of pay more. Did you see anything in the article about kind of wage rises at all? Or it is talking about that a little bit. Because um obviously people want to look for better positions for maybe a little bit more pay level of time working. But also other across the board, kind of all fields, we're looking at a decrease in more kind of people leaving their field. Um, retail is going to get just as hard. Some banking firms are kind of losing different type of members. Yeah, so that makes sense. It's kind of a drop across the board. It's kind of looking at, here are the stats. <clears throat> Everyone's kind of hurting. And the people who want to keep their job is going lower and lower. Yeah. So I'm purporting from the, this is, is important desk. Um, <laughs> It's how the pandemic will influence legal trends in 2022. This hit on a lot of things, but obviously mostly COVID because that's a that's a thing right now. So it um, started with employer policies on booster shots, defining how what's really fully vaccinated. You know, some companies are still trying to figure that out and get the get their employees fully vaxxed if that's what they choose. Just returning on the workplace in general, just um, the people being out and uh, how to manage their time, um, how to manage people being out and in and out of work, like in person and stuff like that. That could that also goes along with off the clock work, which is tough to manage when you're giving hours and paying people, um, especially hour hourly employees. Um, just ac- accurately tracking their time and paying employees as they should be paid. <clears throat> and that also hits on the overtime rules. Um, you know, what? what's overtime if people are working from home and, you know, they're pretty much working all day. So yeah. that's something that's kind of coming across the board. A lot of different fields are kind of moving towards a lot of at-home work. So it's definitely because see how it's kind of hard to track. Yeah. What are people doing? Are we going in the right direction? Especially because it was mostly like, I think 40 hours a week. If you worked over that, then that would be a, you would get overtime, but it's it's tough to manage when you're not physically clocking in. You're just kind of working from home and on your computer. It's interesting that you brought up the whole vaccine thing, because when we were researching these topics, this was, three months ago and it was almost a completely different world. Like a lot of states still had mask mandates and vaccine mandates. And now the school itself had. Yeah, the school yeah. rules. School was very strict about it. And mm-hmm. now three months later we're sitting in this room together without mask on because school just looked at it away and it's just completely different. Cause the past two years we've been kind of used to, you know, COVID testing randomly like once a month basically and wearing our mask everywhere. And mm-hmm. It's definitely a tough time for the workforce because things are constantly changing yeah. for everyone. I was actually shocked that they didn't keep make uh, food workers keep their masks on. Because yeah. I'm I'm currently working at a, you know, just dealing with food, and I was just expecting to wear a mask, you know, pretty much the whole rest of the semester. But they let they let uh, that go too. Yeah. Things are constantly changing. Yeah. yeah.
especially, I mean, two years later, with what, two years and two weeks almost. Uh, I think everyone's just tired of it. Yeah, agree. <clears throat> but and that kind of carries on to my next article where one of the biggest things we heard about over the past year is this chip shortage, you know, especially in the auto industry where we see used car prices just skyrocket and any new car, they're like missing features because they can't get all the electronic components and they're, and the dealerships are just putting crazy markups on like 20 to even like $300,000 over sticker, which is just absurd. But I, I figured that it was just because of COVID and like people, less people are working, but this was actually, this actually goes deeper than before COVID. Um, so a lot of these engineers that are designing these chips and running the factories, um, it's called um, microelectronics. And no one's going into that industry anymore because there's no money in it or the hours are sucky or they just want to do something else that's a little more futuristic. And a lot more people are going into um, like software development or internet services because they're, it's easier to, for them to get a job right out of college and they're making more money with less time. But that's actually interesting you bring that up because I'm currently looking for a used car and the prices are pretty crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure five years ago or not even that, a year ago, you could have found things that are now like 200% over, oh, yeah. over the their price. I was looking into it and like the basic biggest example in this article was the Rochester Institute of Technology, which is the largest school for microelectronics. They used to have 50 students in the mid 80s, and now they only have 10. So wow. it's, it's it's crazy. It's kind of where things are kind of becoming more tech based. Like look how we look how we learned in school, kind of the past two years, lots of Zoom options and lots of asynchronous work online, and you kind of think you see kind of a, bigger trend towards more tech and computer science. But no, it's always weird to see what the job market's always looking for. Yeah. I wonder where, where we always are. I wonder where all those car people are going. Like I'm sure if you're getting into the car industry now, you're probably going towards the electric electric cars. And yeah, like the but newer stuff. A lot of it is more, you know, software or hardware. Like when you're thinking about hardware, you're talking about the motors and all those other little things. They're not mm-hmm. really going into chip manufacturing because I mean, it's a, it's a pretty old technology that a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. I mean, look at all the car commercials we have on now. All the marketing is all going towards kind of people having hybrid cars now, people working more towards electric. Mm-hmm. So we're, I think we kind of see just how our focus changes, yeah. what we look for, kind of different options. Two weeks ago in class, we had to choose a hot topic in the hospitality industry right now. We were given a couple of choices from marijuana testing to vaccine mandates, but we as a group decided on the use of automation in the industry. So I was the facilitator and my role was kind of to steer the debate forward and make sure that Dan and JD don't rip each other's heads off. Um, but they both brought up some great points about the pros and cons of automation. So 
JD was against the use of automation in the service industry. Why was that? Um, I just, uh, yeah, so I was against uh, service robots and all over the working world. Um, obviously, the main topic, it uh, takes away jobs from humans, right? So humans need to, need to work to make the world go. And if robots are taking away their, their jobs, and I don't think uh, the future is very bright if that uh, is a thing that uh, keeps on happening at a rapid rate. And um, yeah, there was there's a lot of uh, a lot of different a lot of different things here. Um, Dan, why did, why did you think that? Yeah, so I'm gonna take the stance count for you know, having more automation, having more service robots in the workplace, especially hospitality. Because as we can see how kind of the job market's going, there's a lot of help wanted signs. There's a lot of kind of a need for more labor. And I think this can help fit the gap. Not only do I think that this will kind of also help bring a lot of pressure off a lot of companies, a lot of businesses, but I also think it might be kind of an easier option for a lot of workers to have some sort of automation that they can work with, kind of take off a lot of the load, kind of make things a lot easier for a lot of companies. So that's why I'm for the delivery of service robots. And we can connect this whole debate to our earlier Hot Topics pitch where we were all talking about, you know, the current labor shortages. And I saw that the hospitality industry was the one that was hit the hardest and it hasn't really come back at all compared to the other industries where they're almost pre-COVID levels of staffing, and we're still around 30 to 40% lower. Um, but it's also a uh, negative because we are the hospitality industry and we need a face and that human touch to really connect to people. So this, it's hard to debate yeah. both sides and choose <clears throat> one exact path. So, yeah, um, before research, I always thought, you know, I always thought, Wow, service robots, you know, not good. Obviously, take away from jobs. And after after doing research, I, I I really saw how for a boss or you know someone higher up at a company, how service robots would be beneficial to the company just be through like saving. You can save money, a lot of money, um, and just they work well. You know, no complaints. They're not asking for time off, and you know, on on holidays they work they work all day every day. So. It was weird to see how my opinions change, but I still think, you know, when it comes down to it, you really need humans in there, especially certain jobs. You definitely need humans like customer service, which I know we talked about a lot already, but it's a, it's a real thing. You know, so robots can't speak to give a human personable one-on-one talk. Um, yeah. I understand what you're coming from. Everyone kind of wants to deal with, you know, another human being on the other side of the phone rather than speaking to kind of like a, a voice recording with AI. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's a lot of areas where we kind of need more automation. I think we see areas of automation now, maybe with like self-help out like kiosks, with lots of different kind of new technology areas where you're not dealing with, you know, a person per se, but you have a, a screen in front of you that can kind of pick up a lot of, Lots of the areas that humans can do, especially with ordering, maybe with maybe in the hotel business, you might be able to go to one to kind of check in and check out and have human options after. So I am a big fan of having some more automation. And we're we're definitely at a base level right now. Um, 
a lot of kind of major companies in a lot of different hospitality areas have a little bit of automation. Um, we see different areas where people have lots of it. Or um, we kind of look at different like food services. Maybe some that are in like the airport or really busy areas where you can order off a screen. And then you also have the option to call in maybe another server if there's more kind of questions about it. And we also see some more automation kind of with uh, delivery services too, where we're kind of headed that way with like self-delivery kind of cars that can help kind of go throughout cities where we kind of free up more labor to do different type of things. Yeah, so like I don't see automation coming forward in, you know, high travel density areas, you know, hotels near airports and big cities and airports especially where you have billions of people traveling every day and we have what 400 languages around the world mm-hmm. and if we use robots they can speak every language almost you know yeah. like at least text based um ai voice isn't quite there yet but i, I do think there should be a universal language but as it has that's a whole yet. other argument <laughs> yeah. i just think it make the world easier yeah but um it's kind of hard to like put in place because we're talking about hotels with automation and back in 2015 they opened up you know a hotel using only robots and people were checking in with a robot um they were being served housekeeping was robots too and people got scared by that and they had to close down by 2019 and they had to shut down half of the robots because a lot of the customers were being scared. Um, it's also very expensive upfront because these, these robots need research and development to kind of be put in place. And once that research is put in place, companies have to buy them. So all the costs are kind of offset. So there are definitely a lot of negatives to the robots. As yeah. Well. <clears throat> so I saw some uh, some initial costs in, uh, of, <clears throat> of robots that were in the millions, and obviously we know machinery take it takes a lot of work to uh, to fix. But when robots when they break when they're breaking down every couple of years, it uh, it takes a lot for them to be fixed. And you know, there's not there's not always a robot uh, a robot person you know on speed dial for you. When you when you need them to fix to be fixed, uh, it's not like it's not like there's a ton of companies out there that do that. So it does cost money when they're a lot of money when they're breaking down. You, you don't have a that. service robot to fix a service robot. Yeah, but maybe that's the next big thing where you know these robots are kind of replacing people's jobs. So maybe the people that are being replaced can go into kind of robot repair, which is kind yeah. of morbid and yeah. It's a weird dystopian if you think about it. But yeah, I, I think that's definitely a thing we're seeing right now. I mean, there is service rope, you know, definitely service robots. I think a lot across uh I'm sure Chick-fil-A, for example, I'm sure they have service robots going uh going, but um, you know, okay, it's kind of weird how how they're getting. I mean, I'm sure they're breaking. Are they getting fixed? Like obviously they are, but I wonder how much it's costing. Yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, there's no getting around the fact that a lot of service robots, a lot of these kind of tech softwares that a lot of companies would implement are expensive. But we're definitely still at an early stage of it. Definitely still at an early stage of 
working with automation. And we will we know that things will kind of get a little bit cheaper, get a little bit, a little bit easier to use. But at the moment, though, I definitely think that not only would putting in some automation be able to help out um, the companies, but I also think that some automation would help out other employees that are working at the facility, which kind of brings me to back to the, it definitely will be very pricey to implement. And the, the point where you might be able to start actually making money off your investment into more automation could be upwards of around 15 to 20 years. But I think at a base level, if there's businesses bringing like a trial run to help use some more tech and some more automation, you would be able to see more kind of more productivity, maybe being able to help the customer out a little bit more, kind of take slack off a lot of the workforce that is currently implemented. And I definitely kind of see like a trial and error period using these service robots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think trial and error would make sense for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that I am a fan of it. Um, obviously, JD is not a fan of it. I am a fan of it, but I also just believe that maybe this is a direction that the world is going towards, period. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I could see the, I could see your point where the public may not like it, so we won't succeed. I understand that. Take my parents, for example. Um, any sort of kind of like computer AR technology, they have no clue what's going on. Um, they're not used to it as well as we're used to it. So there's definitely a learning curve. So there will be, I do see kind of a struggle going along with it. You know, like I remember asking like a question when we had the debate about like kind of how will this human robot interaction be in the workplace? Like, will there be a lot of clashing? Will it be, you know, a lot of fighting or one versus the other, basically? And we all kind of agreed that robots are never going to fully replace humans in the workforce, but nobody like work alongside them. We can definitely see this already right now and you know, like heavy manual labor jobs, like we can see in housekeeping where robots are helping with a lot of the bedding and more physical tasks of the jobs. Yeah, so what I'll, and um, my last kind of say for this debate is, I do think that not only would it be, but not only would it be kind of beneficial to see it, but I also, kind of see a need for some more automation, maybe some more service robots in hospitality business and kind of across the um, the economy. I think, uh, you know, especially in hospitality management or uh, PGM as we are, um, robots are very one-sided in how they think. You know, they can't think on the job. When something goes wrong on the job, it's it can be a disaster maybe, you know. Um, I think overall robots just they're not they're not a they're not the solution to our problem in the working world and uh i hope i hope it doesn't end up taking hum, uh jobs from humans and if it does uh, i don't know where i don't know how the future of the world is gonna look like might look like a wally <laughs> maybe you guys can get a robot to pick up the balls at the range yeah i think that was actually invented Oh, really? I think I heard it talking about it's kind of a big, like, picker machine. Okay. All just rolled around, so. It's taking away jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Big job. This has been a a job. (laughs) This has been a real fun talk. Uh, Thank you for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, 
mess around about our different topics.